can work it out. We can work it out. Just holler. We can talk to men and we can work it out. Yeah. Holler. We can talk to men and we can work it out. We can work it out. But if you don't want to, then close your mouth. What's going on? This is Area 31. Yay. If you do not know, my name is Darnell Adams. It's your boy Mark Griffin, partner. And this is Area 31, where we're all about that faith, that culture. And that truth, you did. We call it Area 31 because we're always going to give you three main topics in one area. That's where we get Area 31. Hey, Mark Griffin. Yes, sir. We got this real nice interview. Yo, man, you talking about the one with Beyonce Aloysius? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Y'all yeah. make sure y'all tune in. This thing finna be crazy, ain't it, Rock? Yeah, hey, we got Rock rocking with us today. Southside champ, you already, you already know. Hey, yeah. man, she just dropped a whole bunch of knowledge on us, and uh, man, y'all just tune in. Yeah, Check man. it out, Rock with us. Get your popcorn ready. Let's go. It's a movie. Hey, might as well get right into it. Let's go. Let's do it. We always like to kick off and, and, and start, um, and we always like to ask people how how they week and kind of. Weekend, it's kind of Tuesday. So how your weekend week has has been so far? Listen, I'm I'm on my red cup because the kids are back <laughs> in school. It, it is a celebration. Shout out to all the parents, the single moms. You know, we um in our family, you know, we have a bunch of grandchildren. So we all took our kids and, and put them in one house, which I really don't know what we were thinking, and let them have like the ultimate spring break. So. I'm tired. This is my week now. They're back in school, and I'm all right now. <laughs> no, that that's that's uh that's dope right there because uh, that's kind of like that old traditional type stuff right there where all the family cousins and everybody get together. So um, I love that right there. Um, so let's get into it. Where where are you from? Where are you from? Yeah. So um, I went to school in Marietta and Pope High School. And uh, for me, I was always the one that threw the parties, you know, so during the week parties, like, you know, my house was the place to go to. Um, I was an entrepreneur at a very young age. Um, and so Hot 97 at the time was like the pop and radio station. But I mean, you know, it was like a really small station. I mean, you know, they were still trying to get everything together. Hell, they were in a trailer off of Old National Highway. And so, you know, like oh, I volunteered. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I was volunteering to drive down there from Marietta to Old National and pass out club flyers and just anything that I could. And so, you know, that's how I kind of got into the radio station that way, you know, and then eventually I just kind of I ended up like my junior year. I had like 50, you know, skip days. I just I said, you know, radio is where I want to be. But I'm from here. Long story short, born and raised. So since you're from here, my boy Mark Griffin's from here, Atlanta yes. Rays. I'm from Cali. My boy Rock's from Boston. Um, since you're from the ATL, uh, would you say Atlanta controls the culture? Absolutely. You know, and so much to the point that even the movies and the TV shows and everybody is, you know, trying to come out here, at least set up a hub here because, you know, I mean, it's 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 a hell of a lot cheaper, you know, than New York and L.A. But I mean, not only that, I mean, you know, music is integrated so much into TV and movies. Why not have everything in one place? You know what I mean? So um, absolutely. We control the culture. We control clothing. I mean, you name it. All the hot trends are really kind of coming out of Atlanta. 
That's, that's, that's right. That's true. That's right. Hey, so listen. Let me ask you this question. Um, who is one of your favorite artists coming out of the city? You know, that is such a tough question because, you know, <laughs> no matter what you say, you know, there's going to be, I mean, I've, it's hard. I mean, you know, T.I. is one of <laughs> the most thousand is is probably one of my all-time goats but i mean then you have somebody like ti who is like one of the greatest lyricists who can who can drop you know right there um who has some of the best songs some of the best features but then you know people leave out two chains like two chains is brilliant you know and then jeezy i mean you know trap or die i mean like he has the club music i mean Everybody kind of has their own lane. So I don't think it would be fair for me to say who is my favorite. It really would determine like what mood am I in? You know what I mean? Because everybody kind of has like your own mood. Like if I'm chilling, if you're just hanging out at the club, I mean, you know, every, and then you got to even go back to the little Johns. I mean, little John set the trend for so many people, you know, back in the day. I mean, if you wanted to shut the club down, you would play little John, um, throw him up. And the fight would break out in the club, he shut down. That's what the DJs would play back in the day to kind of, you know, kick everything off. So, I mean, you know, it just depends on what your mood is and where you want to go. But, and I'm from Atlanta. And, you know, one thing about us, like real Atlantans, you know, we support our own, especially old school Atlanta. New school Atlanta, you know. Oh, yeah. But old school Atlanta, <laughs> we, we support ours. No, that, that's, that's real. Hey, um, so you you took it back when you you said how you kind of got in the radio game. Um, you said you was out there passing out flyers, kind of doing that groundwork. Um, I guess can you talk a little bit about just doing groundwork and kind of how important that is? Because I, I feel this generation now doesn't want to do that type of stuff. They're like, yo, let me get right to it instead of kind of doing that groundwork. So can you talk kind of about that a little bit? generation is the generation of instant gratification you know everybody wants everything right now you know um when i was growing up you know interns at the radio station i mean we had to do a lot of grunt work like we had to literally you know i would work i would go to mcdonald i was working at mcdonald's at the time so i worked my shift at mcdonald's i closed the store down and then i would have to be back at the radio station at five in the morning to get ready for the Ryan Cameron morning show. And I mean, you know, you might not be done with your work until like two or three in the afternoon. You know, nowadays these interns feel like, hey, I'm going to get there at six, five o'clock is too early. You know, I'm not here to go get coffee. Oh, it's not in my uh, job title to sweep the floor. I'm from the era that, you know, whatever you got to do to make sure that the job gets done is your title. You know what I mean? And, and I think that mentality of by any means necessary has kind of drifted away. You know, nowadays people want to know, well, what exactly am I getting paid for? And is that in my job title? Job title. There is no job title. Like, you know, you do what you got to do to make it happen. So I definitely feel like we're missing that nowadays. That's true. That's true. Mark Griff. Well, I guess kind of like to go off of Darnell's question, Really, like, we live in a different time now where the groundwork 
is not necessarily the same. Like, because I remember it, like, being outside of clubs, passing out your CD, or, you know, passing, you know, trying to hang up your, you remember it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, trying to hang up our mm -hmm. posters on the telephone poles and stuff like that. Like, that constant grind, but now it's different. Now it's like, how many followers do you have on social media? Um, you know, uh, what is your what is your platform look like across the board from YouTube to Instagram to whatever social media uh, accounts there they, that they have? It's like, what does that look like in order for people to come and want to invest in you? And like I was listening to a guy the other day. He was like, at this point, it's almost pointless to go from independent to a label because you already have such a huge following on social media, depending on what the numbers uh, are as far as like the, the contract negotiation with a, with a label. So what do you say to uh, independent artists um, right now from where they are, their platform? Is it, is it wise to kind of take that leap into a major label or do you stay independent? Um, you know, I knew you were going to ask me this question when you started going that route. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a tricky question, you know? So here's the thing. You hit something I want to go back to first. Social media has gotten artists lazy, you know, because they'll get 100,000 followers or 200,000 followers and they'll think that they're the shit. And sir, I hate to break it to you. There are so many people that have hundreds of thousands of followers. You can buy hundreds of thousands of followers. And that doesn't necessarily even mean that you're going to make any money. However, um, I think that uh, everybody has their own situationship that they need to look into. Um, you know, there are label deals for people. You know, there are single deals. You might be like a Mooski who probably has one of the hottest songs that's going to be out this summer. And if I'm not mistaken, he didn't necessarily sign to Warner, but he has like a single deal with that song with Warner. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100%. But, you know, everybody... Some people don't want to sign their name away, their rights away. You know, back in the day when they used to do the 360 deals where, you know, the label would get, you know, a percentage of everything that you're doing. Nowadays with social media, artists are getting smarter and saying, well, hold up. I have a platform and that's what you were supposed to provide me back in the day was a platform. Now, the labels are good for because they do have those relationships with radio and DJs and, you know, they have the funding to kind of hit those angles that you might not be able to get to and, and, and hit those streaming services and things like that. So it really just depends on where you are, you know, where your song is. If it's, if it's a hit song and you just need to get it out because, you know, you got to think too, like there's a time limit on everything, you know, you got to hit that window within a certain time frame. you know? Now there are some people, like if you look back, um, Money Man Moo, he was working his record, that same record, for a year plus. But then it finally hit. And now he's on radio, he's popping, he's mm. torn. Like he, he's, you know, him and Red Push, I mean, you know, they really, really worked hard on that single. You know, everybody isn't as lucky because, you know, you may um, outlive that time of that song and then you have to move on to the next single and the next single might not be the one. So... I say all that to say every situation is different in the aspect of where you are, you know, where your social media following is, where your budget is. You know, if you don't have the budget, then yeah, you're going to need a label to help you out. If you do have the money behind you, then you don't need it. You know, it just depends on where you are. 
No, that's a, that's a good point. Let me ask you this: um, as far as kind of what role has a role changed in the radio industry from kind of years back to now with all the digital platforms and things like that, or is that kind of radio role you can say still the same within the kind of music industry? People will hit you up in your DMs and be like, "Hey." Um, can you play my music on can how much does it cost to get radio spins and you're like hey sir that's like completely illegal you know it's a federal offense it's called payola you cannot pay to get your song played on the radio like you actually have to do the work that's one of those things that you just can't money can't buy you know like and that goes back to the fact of you know artists being lazy and not wanting to put the work in they think you know hey I got a thousand dollars I can get my music played on the radio no, no, you can't. You still need to go work the records with the DJs and you still got to go post up your flyers and you got to get out there and be seen. You got to be at showcases and you got to perform for free. And, you know, no, you're not passing out CDs anymore, but you got to get creative with your marketing. Like, you know, give them a jump drive, you know, a streaming code, you know, maybe you give a flyer with like, you know, your QRC code on it or something like that. You know, I remember back in the day I heard this song. The song was amazing. The dude didn't even put his damn name on it. It just said, listen, no contact, no name, no nothing. It was just a CD. And I'm like, this the song is really good. Beyonce, his name was listen. Huh? His name was listen. I know she missed it. And it might have been, but you know what? I didn't know what the name of the song was. I couldn't have contacted him. You know, and that's one thing, you know, people forget, like you you need real deal marketing. Like, you know, you got to, one of the greatest analogies somebody taught me a long time ago, it's like, hey, if somebody puts like a McDonald's cheeseburger in front of you, and then they put like the Hawaiian ribeye from Houston's in front of you, which one are you going to eat first? The ribeye, because it looks better. Same with packaging. If you give me just like a blank CD, you know, it's like, here you go. Or if you give me like a total package of like, you know, presentation of who the artist is and you know like i mean the shit's wrapped i mean it looks professional i'm gonna want to listen to this first because it looks like the music is gonna be good now mind you the other cd might be hitting way harder but i'm gonna listen to this one first just because it's got my curiosity like did you spend more marketing than you did on the production and your music sucks you know but Hmm. So, so what you're pretty much saying to, in order to kind of get radio play, you kind of need that street buzz. You need to get in the streets. You need the street buzz. You need streaming. You know, you need all types of stuff. I mean, you know, there's only so many songs of radio state, and I'm not a program director. So this is just what I've seen personally. I'm not the person that picks the music. I don't play the music, but I do see how the business is ran. But there's only so many songs that someone can play an hour. And you got to consider you're in the same fight with, you know, the Moneybag Yo's, the 21 Savages. Mm. Like they're all fighting for that time, too, because, you know, when they have a new song, they want to get their song played. Well, there's still if there's 10 slots an hour and I'm just throwing a number out there because it's an easy number. If there's 10 slots an hour and you got 21 Savage, Megan Thee Stallion, you know, six other people and then there's three slots for new people well you're also fighting with you know the muskies the vetoes the people who have the name to get that slot in you know you can't just make time appear out of nowhere 
you have to fight against the people that already have those huge followings and those huge budgets. Like, so your stuff has to be, it can't just be good. It has to be great. And, you know, one of my program directors, um, you know, had told us in the very beginning when he first came on, there's a book called Going From Good to Great. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize, hey, you're really, really good. You are good, but are you great? And there's a huge difference from, you know, I feel like I can sing in the shower, but do I think that I can actually go record a song? No, I'm, I'm not great. I'm not phenomenal. Like you have to really be that person that can set yourself apart from everyone else you know and that's that's what you see when you see the superstar like you're watching american idol there's a gentleman from uh south georgia oh god i wish i could remember his name he went to the 4-h club and he sang rihanna diamonds when he came on american this is this season and mind you i never watch american idol because i just i never have time tv watches me i don't watch it but when he came on and he sang rihanna diamonds he gave me goosebumps I mean, goosebumps. Hmm. He wasn't, he was, he, he could have been good. He was phenomenal. He had that je ne sais quoi that just sets you apart from everybody else. And, you know, he's going to, he's, I mean, when this is over, he's going to be, whether he wins or not, he's going to be a star. So, okay, here's, here's my question for you. So with that, what does this generation like? What do they prefer? When, when, and I want to talk about like kind of like the, the rap side of it because you gave some really good names as far as artists coming out of Atlanta, like Three Stacks, Tip, uh, who have the lyrical ability. But what are the the younger generation? Because I think that's that's what really helps build your buzz for these labels to even come after you is for like the young people that are listening. So what do they prefer? Because I'm starting to notice like a huge shift as far as rap music goes. So there's a certain sound. So would this still be considered a three stacks era, a tip era, or is it kind of going in another direction as far as this new generation goes? Definitely going in another direction. Um, I think, you know, between the futures and the babies and, you know, the people like that have definitely given Atlanta another a sound and kind of revitalized it. I mean, and even like, you know, somebody that people don't know about, like a Pop Lord, you know, Pop Lord is a huge writer based out of Atlanta, amazing talent. Uh, somebody that I just think is a phenomenal. You got the Gunners. Gunner is, Gunner is so underrated. Um, I think he is brilliant. Um, lyrically, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, but yeah, Gunner to me is is probably one of, the great lyricist little baby i mean he's his music rides i mean people rock with him because you know he makes that turn up music you know and then he also comes back with a message too that people can relate to so i mean you know there was the andre era but i mean and yes you're right there is a new era in atlanta um but i do think it still can compare to you know what we went through now of course you know the 90s i mean you know we're always gonna be like oh the 90s was the best but I mean, you know, this generation, you know, it's, it's popping too. Like, you know, like they, they definitely have some huge talents um, that I feel like are, are still keeping Atlanta, you know, leading the pack with everybody else. Do you, do you miss the lyricists versus the singing? <laughs> Good question. 
Um, I think that you still get it, you know, like, I mean, Drake can sing and still drop a dope verse, you know, um, baby has shown, you know, with, with several of his songs, he can still, you know, sing a hook, sing a hook and, and stop and drop a, drop a song. Um, I, I think that you can still get it. You know, I just think that there's, there's so much music. See, you got to understand like back in the nineties, I mean, you know, whatever people put out or is whatever you could get out on CD, like, you know, you couldn't just put out a whole album tomorrow on social media and everybody can listen to every single song without buying the, the music. People don't buy albums now because the artists make money off streaming and, you know, all of the, they do the music, but the music gives them the platform to make other money, you know, like merch, you know, remember Chance the Rapper for such a long time, like he didn't sell his music, he gave his music away for free, but, you know, you might pay $50 for a hoodie or $30 for a hat, you know, when you go to his concerts, but, you know, because the music made people love Chance the Rapper, they they wouldn't mind buying the merchandise and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so you're getting more music than you would back in the day. So, I mean, I think that you still have access to plenty of lyricists and then I think, oh, you know what? Let me, I don't know if, are y'all familiar with Earth Gang? Yes. You got people like Earth Gang, you know, they're super dope, you know, huge lyricists. So, and they sing too. So, you know, they're great. Wow. The now, yeah. So you kind of, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned kind of starting off Ryan Cameron's show. I know you kind of do some things within the Ricky Smiley kind of community. I guess, let me ask you this. What makes a, a good radio show kind of a, a good show, you can say? I mean, you know, Ryan once told me, you know, it's, it's finding lightning in a bottle, you know, finding people that you can connect with and have chemistry with and bounce off with, you know, how you can look out the side of your corner and know that your co-host, like you just did, has a question and is ready to go. You know, it's it's not about ego. It's about what's the what's in the best interest of the show. Um, and just being able to, to know what's trending in the community to be able to, and that's what radio is always supposed to be is, is about the community, helping people in the community. You know, if there's a apartment fire, you know, one thing I remember, you know, with the A-team, um, there was an apartment fire over in the cater and like, I mean, literally it obliterated like the entire, um, apartment complex. And, you know, just feeling good afterward, like we got out there, you know, we got people to bring beds, and furniture, and, you know, just using that platform to, to reach out and help people. Um, but just having like-minded individuals on a show, you know, people who can really um, focus on the brand and, you know, it's not just about their self. Like a lot of times you find people, you know, they're doing it for the hype or to get their social media following up and stuff like that. But you know, just to find people that have that same common ground and that genuine passion. No, that, that, that's good. That's good. I think that's kind of what radio can bring you, what Apple Music and, and uh, you know, Spotify can't bring you. It, like you said, it can bring you that, that help out within the community. So that's why I kind of still always tune in to, to the radio, local radio, because it kind of keeps – keeps my ear on what's going on within the community in in the Atlanta street. So that's, that's why I love radio. So, you know, so Mark Griffin. Um, 
I guess like I like because I've been I've been listening for like I guess like what Darnell was saying I've just been listening for years uh, to just like the content that you guys continue to put out like on a consistent basis. So I guess for any any pod or station that's just getting started, what would you say to them as far as consistency goes? Because like I've learned over the years in anything that I'm doing to just remain consistent. If I feel like it's something true to me, if it's something dear to me, I've learned a level of consistency because you can be talented all day long, you know, but if, if you know, consistency isn't there. So what would you say to a, a show that's just getting started as far as it uh, pertains to consistency? I think you answered your own question. Consistency is key. You know, whether you're good, you're bad, mm-hmm. you know, you got to make sure every Monday or every Tuesday, whatever your drop date is, is that you put out a good show and that, you know, you continue to watch it and grow and improve. You know, now if you watch it and you don't see anything wrong with yourself, that's a problem. You know, like you should, even me, I'm so weird. Like I hate listening to myself. I've always hated listening to myself and like watching back, but that is the only way that you can be like, oh, you know what? I don't like the way I answered that word. Or I do need to work better on using my crutch words. Like, you know, you'll when you listen to yourself back, you'll be like, oh man, I say coming up or hold on, or, you know, like, uh, you know? And the only way that you know is to like air check yourself or have somebody else air check you, or, you know, you air check each other on the show and, you know, to be like, hey, you know, we can improve this way. Um, so yeah, consistency and then just, you know, following up and um air checking yourself mm, i like that so i guess that's, that's, uh, we kind of touch on everything within this show um i know i'll be seeing you post and you definitely go in on certain topics um i i i just really want to ask you kind of let's touch on like george floyd um real quick i guess kind of yeah. and your in your in your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> trial going on now I guess let, let's hear kind of your feelings on that. Just so y'all don't think I'm an alcoholic. It's just a Coke on ice. But um, <laughs> I'm so angry. And I was having a, a discussion with a friend earlier. I'm so angry because, you know, you would think that, you know, with the Breonna Taylors and the George Floyds and the Trayvon Martins and, you know, the Mr. Jacksons and the Rashad Aubrey's and, you know, all these different people that have been murdered. And I'm saying murdered um, because I feel like it was unnecessary um, with all of these different people that have been killed by police that they would have some level of the word I'm looking for they would be more cautious they would be more aware like hey I don't want to kill anybody I people are watching I they'd be more careful because they'd be like hey you know I don't want to be Derek Chauvin on trial you know you you would think and then you know here we go Dante now Dante shot hmm. the motherfucking po- can I pass sorry Good, it's okay the <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that passion right there. No, no, go ahead. I wasn't lying. The motherfucking cop had the nerve to say that they thought that it was a taser. 
bitch. Mm. How do you get a taser and a gun mixed up? Like that is the dumbest excuse I could ever. It makes me so angry to my soul that sometimes I just, I get tired of watching the news, but then if you don't say anything and if you don't speak up, you're a part of the problem. And that goes to the people that say, I have family members who are cops. I have people who are in the military. I have friends who, you know, work outside of the club or officers. And that goes for them too. If you're on the police force and you see shady shit going on, regardless of the brother code, you don't say anything, you're a part of the problem. Whether you're white, black, Asian, whoever, if you don't stand up and you don't say anything, you're a part of the problem. And, you know, I've had people who come at me and they, because I, I'm from a very interracial background and I've had people who come at me and they don't like what I say and they feel like, like, you know, I offend people in my family. And I'm like, you know what? I don't give a fuck, you know, because at the end of the day, I have two um, black children, two black sons. And no matter how good I raise them, no matter what I do to make sure that, that, that I give them every lesson that they need to know, no matter how good and sweet they are, they could be randomly pulled over do everything that they're supposed to do and still have something like this happen. That's true. That's real. Very true. That that hits home to me too, just having a little son who's three and having to one day explain, like, explain that, you know, you know, so I, I feel that right there, just having a little little kid. It, it's it's not easy. Um and those conversations are not gonna be easy, you know. So that's that's just difficult situation. Uh, I know the whole country, a lot of, I guess, the music community is probably just in an uproar right now. And um, it, it, it's, it's I don't know. I just don't have the words to say right now because yeah, I, I feel you. Caution. Like, I mean, at, at some point, like, if you keep, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, and I know if I keep doing the same thing over and over and I know that you're watching me, that means I don't care. And I'm that bold that I don't care. They just, they pepper sprayed a, a Lieutenant in the army. He was in his car. He yeah. wasn't even doing He wasn't even doing anything violent. Like the man was very respectful, very calm hands in the air. And you were a, you fucking pepper sprayed him. But then you have the nerve to tell Colin Kaepernick and them that they can't kneel on the sidelines because it's disrespecting our troops. But yet you pepper spray him and he is not doing anything out of the way. He he has his hands in the air. He's not yelling. He's ex- I've watched the video like at least 10 times. I didn't see anything that would like make you feel like your life is in jeopardy or anything. If you feel like there's a situation yeah, like that, call a, call a supervisor. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I get, like you said, on my social media, I get very passionate about it. I get, I'm it just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. Cause it, it can, you can go there easily. I, mean, I know I'd be going there easily. Cause I mean, all the dude was asking was, what are you pulling me over for? And you know that the police officer was just in his feelings, wanted to be in control. He couldn't even do that, you know. And and it, it, it I don't know. It just it gets me frustrated time and time again. And a lot of people that I've talked to, uh, people have said I'm tired and enough is enough. So yeah. I don't I don't know. It's yeah. it's crazy, man. So yeah. And I think in the I think in the Floyd case, you know, they started off by bringing up his past. You know what I mean? But he's the one. He's the one deceased. He's the one 
dead and gone. You know, his life was taken for the whole world to see. You know, but you know they want to bring up his past. They want to bring up a, a, a counterfeit, you know, twenty and all of this, all of this stuff that they want to bring up about him. But he's the one that's dead, it, and it almost made me feel like he was on trial. You know, so I mean, that's that's just the place that we live in. Like it just feels like there is no justice. So it is frustrating to wake up being a black man not knowing the outcome of your day, based on just because of the color of your skin. That's all it is. A, a counterfeit $20 bill should not cost you your life. You should go to jail, you know? And I mean, I don't know. I don't know the solution. And I think that's the frustrating part is because I don't know the solution. You know what I mean? I don't know how you tell a cop, hey, you shouldn't kill people. I mean, you would think that's pretty fucking common sense. Like you should fucking know not to kill people. You're here to protect people, you know? I do understand that there are a lot of police officers who've suffered. Oh, I heard an echo. That have suffered PTSD, you know. But if that's the case, don't hire people who have been in those situations. Like there needs to be real deal, like mental training, and you know, I don't know. I mean, everybody isn't up up for that. Like you got to be skilled in the fact that you know, if shit goes down, you can determine who's a real threat. You know what I mean? Now the Derek Chauvin situation, I mean, that's some that's some evil shit. Like you had your neck, your knee on that man's neck, and people were telling you, hey, hey, you've been he was in hand. Hey man, like that was that was malicious. That was probably as malicious as it can get. You know what I mean? And like you said, they try to bring up the past, but whatever he did in the past doesn't matter. It's in that moment. And you had him detained. You had four, five, six officers. Like, if you can't detain one man with the six of you without hmm. killing him, that says something about all of you. And none of y'all need a job. Yeah. Did we find out if the 20 was real or not? That was the whole <laughs> point of the situation. I'm pretty sure they didn't even care whether the 20 was real or not. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I got a question, though, since, we, you know, not to keep you in your emotions and everything. <laughs> Well, you know, we recently just lost a legend in the game, hip-hop game, DMX. Thank you, yes. And you say yeah. you're, you're from the South, from Atlanta, you're Southern-rooted, so how was your experience coming up on Up North music? And did you listen to DMX? I listened to DMX. Who didn't listen to DMX in the 90s? Y'all gonna make me drink for real. Um, hey. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna need a whole shot and a nap after this. Um Yo, DMX was DMX was a legend. I mean, you know, I remember growing up riding around in my little red Camry back in the day, you know, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, you know, like, I mean, that whole reciting his prayers, you know, he was so original. Um, and I think one of the things that you'll continue to hear from people is that he wasn't that flashy guy. Like he wasn't the person that, you know, was like egotistical or anything. He really genuinely cared about like the people who, who were around him. You know, I was blessed to have the opportunity to interview him a couple times and, you know, even go to events, uh, meet and greets, you know, that the label hosted, you know, when he would have um, albums drop and, you know, always very kind, very fun. Um, one of the craziest things I ever saw, 
probably in the history of the radio station when it used to be on um when we finally moved to like our a big building like we thought we were big time like you know we were over there on a piedmont avenue dmx came in the studio on emperor cersei's show emperor cersei and miss shanika's show and he brought his i think he brought two dogs i, I believe he brought two dogs but then like <laughs> <laughs> that's not he he literally lit up a blunt in the studio and we had an operations manager by the name of uncle frank and uncle frank was like hey i'm gonna need somebody to go in there and tell him that you know he can't smoke in the studio and you know because i mean we were in a corporate building at that point and then you know so but <laughs> during the interview he kept cussing i mean and like you know we because we had just moved up to this new building we had like a new dump system and you know so we were like okay well we just hit the button and you know we we catch the bleep mm -hmm. nobody told cersei that you only have two dumps so you know by the time <laughs> you get a sh by the time you get two fucks in on the interview it's over like you you have no more so if you were in your car dmx was sitting there like and you know this motherfucker told me one time the shit that you go through in life, them bitches be fucking, and I mean, you know, Cersei's just hitting the button, bless his heart. He's thinking that, you know, he's catching every every cuss word possible. Oh, we all came running in the studio. You're on the air live. And DMX was like, yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. So, but I mean, you know, he was just, he was always one of those people. That was, oh, he, he was hilarious. Um, and he was a jokester and he was just, you know, but he was very, it could be the first time or the 10th time that you met him. He's always going to greet you the same, very kind, very, um, just very warm, you know, very, very, very good person. Very good soul. Yeah. I heard, um, Swiss beats talking about him and Swiss was just saying how he prayed more for other people right. than he prayed for himself. And, that just shows you what you pretty much said. That's his character, man. Most people won't do that. Most people are like, yo, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for what I need and what I need only. But for him to pray for other people more and than it, himself? And definitely, like, him being 14, going through what he went through, right. and still having the mind to accomplish everything that he accomplished with that. Like, that's crazy, too. Right, right. I agree. Right. I agree. So it was what uh, Simmons came out and said. The man saved Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He saved Def Jam. I mean, like, even with all of his backstory, his background, and everything he's been through, like you said, like, he just, he done so much for people. You know what I mean? He's done so much for people all over the world. He's been, he's been broken, but to the point where he could help others. He was not, he, he definitely yeah. wasn't a selfish, a selfish man, you know? He, he gave so much of himself. Like, that's, I mean, I fell, I, I fell in love with his music when I was a kid. I fell in love with his movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, Romeo Must Die, you know, and then and, and the, the one he did with, um, what's his buddy's name? Jet, uh, Jet. Jet Lee. Jet Lee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I loved him. I loved him growing up, man. Yeah. So I, I just, I hate it, man. I've been taking it hard past few I, days. I think that I think that just shows you no matter like how low you get, no matter where you are, never get to the point where you can't help nobody. You know, cuz he was low drugged out sometimes, but he still prayed, helped people. So, I think that's that's a lesson for everybody. Like never never always help somebody and willing to be help somebody. So, 
came really kind of said something deep. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to quote him, but it was something to the effect of, you know, and, and we do this as a culture, you know, we cancel people because, you know, they're not popping at the time, you know, or they're not, uh, they're not they don't they're not current you know we don't give them the opportunity or the their flowers while they're here and you know i think a lot of people feel like hey we should have done something to help x you know and i think that's true and i think you know more could have been done um and you know a lot of people who are giving him flowers now should have gave him his flowers, you know, while he's here. And that goes for a lot of artists that we've lost, you know, older artists, newer artists, you know. When you, um, we have kind of three main topics on our pod. Um, when you hear the word faith, I guess, what comes to your, comes to your mind? Faith? Yes. Correct. Y'all just want me to cry the whole interview? Like, I'm all, I feel like you've I'm, I'm a woman. <laughs> you know, once we get emotional, we can cry over anything. Um, Faith, I mean, for me, God, you know, faith, higher power, God. Um, I'm so grateful for the people that were placed in my life. I'm so great. I mean, the, the thing I'm most grateful for in my whole life is my two sons. I mean, they're my world. They're, you know, they actually gave me purpose. Like before, I mean, literally, you can ask any of my friends. I mean, they'll tell you, like, I mean, radio was my life. It, it's still a part of my life, but, you know, my boys are my life. They're the reason I breathe. They're the reason I want to be a better person. Um, everything I do, I do it for them to make sure that they have the opportunity to be better humans than I was. Um, but, you know, I would not, I don't feel like I would have them without my faith in God and, you know, believing that, um, cause I mean, there was such a, not to get too deep, and dark but I mean there was like you know a place where I didn't think I could have kids I mean hell I was in a 10-year relationship and I wasn't I've never been on birth control so I mean by 36 37 I'm like well the shit ain't gonna happen and then I remember you know how come all these other friends and I'm like you know I kind of got my feelings a bit one time and I'm like you know how come all these other people who don't want kids have kids and here I am I'm ready to love somebody and I can't have kids and then I just remember I literally hand up I was on, uh, I just got off I-20 on Default Industrial. I had one of my little five-minute gangster cries, and then I said, all right, suck it up. I believe in God. If it's meant to be, it'll be. Literally, like two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to be like 40 and pregnant, but that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll take it. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I believe that faith goes a long way. And I believe that, you know, no matter what you believe in, no matter what religion you believe in, you know, even if you just believe in a higher power, I think that, you know, faith can definitely move mountains. Okay. Okay. I love that. So, uh, like you said, we're built off of three, three main topics, faith, culture, and truth. So I guess with uh, the culture, how do we tie in, especially like here in Atlanta, how do we tie in our truth? I guess with everything going on, as far as like George Floyd and all of this stuff going on around the country, how do we hold on to our truth as to who we are as a people? And that's music, uh, that's our belief system. How do we hold on to who we are? 
um, and not change and be bitter and angry on the inside for the things that we're dealing with. So how do we tie in our truth with our culture as to who we are? I think that that is like a 10 layer question. Um, I think that no matter what we do, I think that every time this happens, unfortunately, we're always going to be angry. You know, we're always going to cry. We're always going to, I don't know if we're ever going to stop being angry, but I think that anger is good because it doesn't allow us to be complacent and just let shit slide. And, you know, now I do I do salute this generation because they're not taking this shit. They will burn the fucking city down to prove a point, you know? Um, I think that as radio and, and media personalities, we have to continue to use our social media platforms, our radio platforms to bring awareness every single time to let these motherfuckers know that we are watching, that we are keeping count, that we are holding people accountable, you know? And I think um the heads know you know the chiefs and the you know the 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 head people know that you can't just sweep shit under the rug anymore you know we are keeping track of the people that you know you convict we are keeping track of of what's going on and that you know we'll get a ben crump we'll get a you know reverend jesse jackson you know we'll we'll do whatever we need to do but you know, shit's just not going to go unnoticed anymore. And I, I salute this generation and this culture because, you know, that's one thing about it is they're definitely some freedom fighters and they will stand up for, for something that's not right. And um, I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. So we got two more questions and we'll, we'll get out your, out your way. Uh, I, I have to ask this question cause I couldn't help. Uh, I guess it's kind of for the ladies, I guess you could say, um, because you said your mom, you 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 work a lot of hours. How do you have that balance as a lady, being a professional in, lady in your career, and also having the kids? Like how 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 does Beyonce kind of make that work? I think it's an everyday struggle, and you know there are going to be the good days where everything kind of works out, and you're balanced. Mom life is hard, like and you know, single mom life is even harder i mean like you know because when you have a partner i mean you know you men you guys there are some really phenomenal and they're single dads too but you know when you have a partner and stuff like that a lot of times when you have a newborn y'all ain't finna wake up in the middle of the night and feed the kid y'all gonna be like i didn't hear it y'all gonna play asleep all types of stuff even if it is your turn and we're gonna kick you we're gonna push you but you know what eventually it takes so much work to try to wake y'all up that we just give up and we go ahead and do it but I am now on the single mom side of it. I don't know about being <laughs> glad, but go ahead. You said what? I don't know about the part about being glad and waking up, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, shout out to all the single moms. Because, I mean, you know, I only have two. I couldn't imagine, you know, not only being in a pandemic, but working from home and having like three or four I mean, that's hardcore and like virtual learning, like this pandemic has taken parenting to an entire another level. But I mean, you know, I think the thing that kind of gets you through it is to see your kids smile and to know that, you know, regardless of what's going on, they're your priority and everything else falls in line. 
you know, I'm blessed to have a very understanding job that kind of lets my schedule fluctuate. So, you know, I'm up early at the crack of dawn, you know, and then I can take a break for a minute, get them ready to school. And then once they're to school, I can come back like right now and, you know, do my work and stuff like that. So that way, when it gets home, when they get home, um, I have some them time, you know, eat dinner, cook, try to clean the house. I mean, you know, that's not always an everyday thing, but you know, we try. Um, and then, you know, when they go to bed, I'm probably going to end up working before I go to sleep. Um, you know, dating life, it's something I haven't navigated while being a parent. Um, I mean, while being, you know, going through this right now with kids, I've never had to date someone and like do the whole, you know, meet your kids thing. So I'm still navigating that right now. Um, but yeah, like it's that, I don't know if you'll ever, I think that's a loaded question. Cause I don't know if you'll ever find balance, you know, you can just, as long as your kids are happy, you know, and sometimes I do believe moms, if you're listening, I do believe that you do need those moments to where like you even if you don't want to spend the money get a babysitter grandma's house sister cousin uncle drop the kids off go sit in the car like go get a glass of wine with your girlfriend go get your nails done like i think sometimes women forget to do those little things that just make you feel like a human instead of like a robot just going through the process um but you do have to take time out for yourself even if it's only once a month once every two weeks as much as possible. You know, for me, some days it might be when I pull up in the driveway and just the kids are quiet in the car. I might take 10 minutes before I get out the car and just debrief before, you know, chaos ensues. But, you know, it's, it's all about you finding balance and just, you know, getting everything done. But as long as the kids are happy, safe and well, and the bills are paid, I'm happy. We like to close this um, area 31 out with a kind of a quick word of inspiration for people. You pretty much been talking all episode, but can you do like a quick little moment, a moment of, um, inspiration. And then like Marcus said, I just, I cannot tell you enough to never stop believing in yourself, never stop believing in your dream and, uh, just continue to stay prayed up and have faith, you know? And, and I feel like, you know, it may take time, but you have to be faithful and you have to be patient and you have to put in the work behind it. Um, but I, I, I know it sounds, you know, cliche and cheesy, but I feel like with hard work, I feel like you can do anything that you want, uh, with hard work and faith. No, that's good. No, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate you just rocking with area 31 today. Definitely just gave us some, some good knowledge and, uh, we appreciate you just rocking with us real talk, you know, so. So you guys are great.